with your host, Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner, where the Bank is as Pro says Maple Leafs fans watching Ottawa on that 5-1 comeback. They did win 2-1 the next day. <laughs> Man, name a better pair of Maple Leafs fans and watching them lose in comebacks, eh? Oh man, that's that's rough. Yeah, they uh they've been uh, getting it over the last uh, twenty sixty years, something like that. You know. <laughs> hey man, this could be the year. Toronto, Toronto could come through that Canadian division. It could all turn around. Their suffering could be worth it. Hey, I dude. still want the Canadians though. Hey dude, all jokes aside, they're the number one team in the NHL right now. They got the most points. They're leading the way in that Canadian division and. They, I swear, they look like a great team. So I'm not gonna give them too much, too much, you know, uh, slack over here. Yeah, there you go. You can't, you can't go too hard at them. Honestly, I'm just happy that we're getting that Canadian division hockey, even if it is a little top heavy right now. You know, hockey in Canada is always a plus for me. Yeah, man. All those memes coming out of the three dragons with the uh, dopey dragon on the right. <laughs> It's like every other Canadian team, Montreal and Toronto. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's definitely a good time. But Matt, our curse—you did it to us. You did it to the. You did it to them hard against the Celtics. We blessed Towns and it hit us. I don't know how to win against the curse these days, Matt. Dude, he's kicking our butts. I mean, I cannot get past this curse, and I don't know, man. I think he transferred it to me. It's a. It's a little annoying. Yeah, I don't know. We we fight it every week, but it's always a good time. But Matt, talk to me about the NHL. Football's gone, so we get to focus on the ice nowadays. Pretty exciting. Yeah, man, definitely way more exciting for me at least as a <laughs> native Canadian hockey fan. Um, you know, COVID. Eighteen players this week are currently out with COVID symptoms. Eight of them are on the Philadelphia Flyers. It kind of just seems like the bug is being passed from team to team. Dallas really started with it at the beginning of the year. New Jersey caught it. I mean, Buffalo's had it. Minnesota, Colorado, Tampa's gotten it a little bit. San Jose. Basically, if you play in that Western division, you're you're going to get it. Vegas, all those <laughs> kinds of teams. They're all pretty hard hit in the games played category. So, sucks. But I think it's the American protocols, man. They're uh, talking about uh, making it more strict down there because Canada's been fine. All the games have been able to be, be played and no Canadian teams have really had any kind of outbreak about it so maybe they should pick something up from us yeah right learn learn from the canadians i was gonna make a joke that like obviously more cases in america makes it harder but like that's also just learning from the canadians and our response to the pandemic but uh yeah it's pretty <laughs> wild what uh covid is doing to the nhl right now yeah man i mean there's games getting postponed left and right i do not feel um or i feel super bad for my uncle because that that blows man like, he's got to figure out how to put these games together, which games he can schedule. You liked what the NBA did this week, uh, making two teams just kind of randomly play each other when they figured out that their opponents had COVID issues. So Yeah, yeah, that was actually so funny. I'll bring it up now because I may as well because you were saying they should learn from it. The fact that the Pistons and the um, the Bulls play each other because the Mavericks and the Hornets were both out because of uh, protocols. Like, the NBA was just like, you know what? slap these two teams together let's make it happen because you're right no matter which league we're talking about the amount of games that they're going to play at the end of the season they're going to have to figure out how to get all these teams together get all these games done and make it so that it's fair and equal going into the playoffs yeah and within the confines of the schedule it's going to be really tough man you got a team like uh, vancouver that's played 20 games this season and a team like new jersey new jersey that's played only 10 so crazy massive discrepancy um but 
hey man, standings are actually looking like most people would have predicted with, you know, Detroit and Ottawa at the bottom of the league. But their 18 games are a lot, or six more than Buffalo, who's also at the bottom there. But they're in a really, really stacked division. I like to talk about the Canadian division. I like to brag about how strong it is. But the East division might be deeper throughout. I mean, they've got Boston, Philly, your New York Islanders, since they traded John Tavares, have been a powerhouse. Washington with Ovechkin, Crosby and Pittsburgh, who they're talking about potentially trading him, which would be wild. And we and New Jersey's whoa, a good whoa, team. Whoa, whoa. Full stop. Is <laughs> he trading Crosby? Um, I mean, who knows? Crosby might be open to it. Uh, they're pretty, pretty poorly run organization at the moment with <laughs> talent, and uh, Crosby would definitely take a trade to help them jumpstart a rebuild. And there are some teams in the league that could definitely prime away. They've got some assets. My Montreal Canadiens okay. being one. Um, yeah. Hey, he's a he loved. Montreal growing up, he's a Habs fan, so be like a little what reunion, hearing, man. We need that. What, what I'm hearing here is a win-win situation for him and the because like I'm thinking about it, and they haven't been a great team for like a long time. They've been a good team, but not a great team. So maybe that is a win-win for both of them. They did do the back-to-back cups in like 2016, 17, I think, but or 15, 16. But I mean, he's always been middling with that team, and and they're never seem to dominate like they should. And Montreal, uh, what I read was Montreal could get him for like Deneau, Caulfield, and a bunch of picks. And Damn. I would do that trade in a heartbeat because him teaching Kakanyemi and Suzuki how to play center in the NHL. Oh yeah, take that any day of the week. Wow, that's kind of crazy, you know. Yeah, uh, it'd be it'd be wild to see Crosby outside of a. Penguins jersey. I mean, Canadians jersey. You know, Team Canada jersey, yes, but another team in the league? Oh, that would be very interesting to see for me. Yeah, man. It would be pretty wild. Um, Two teams that are pretty surprising at the top of the overall standings right now is Chicago and Florida. I mean, Chicago was the 23rd ranked team in the NHL last year. They don't necessarily have the high-end prospects and players that people thought were going to jump into the NHL. But, man, they bounced back through 18 games. They've got 22 points, and they're sitting fourth in the NHL. I mean, most of the teams around them have only played 14 games, so. <laughs> it definitely affects things. Oh, yeah, definitely. But, man, Florida through 14 games has the exact same number of points, 22. They're 10-2-2, two, and two, and they've been playing like a buzzsaw just going through teams. It's it's impressive to watch for them. But I'm still thinking it's a Canadian division team, man. I'm, I'm thinking it's Canada's year. Let's Let's pull through. Let's hopefully get it. Man, I'm, I'm always on board for that. That's what I want to see. Time will tell, Matt. What else you got for the NHL or is that it? Man, I think that's about it. I mean, COVID running rampant, making making my uncle pull his hair out with the reschedules. And, man, my Montreal Canadiens have been off a week, so I have nothing to rant about with them. Well, I guess that's a plus, you know. You can't have no positives maybe, but also no negatives to think about. A nice relaxing week as a Canadiens fan. I would take it personally, so you're probably right there. Yeah, definitely, man. I mean, hopefully the centers can get right because this whole week I've been reading articles about how they're not getting production from down the middle, and they're right. We're not, but they're still young, so and the season's still, I mean, it's a quarter of the way done, which is crazy, but it's still pretty young, so hopefully they can turn it around. No wonder there's Crosby talks. That would make sense. But hey, too much. I don't want to go too far into it. That's I do love me some Crosby. But Matt, shall I talk about COVID and basketball? Because things kind of exploded. Not exploded, but went up this week. 
bunch of games getting canceled, five positive players, four of them from the Spurs organization, unfortunately, who are having a great season. I'll come back to that. Great like, season. It's been very interesting because COVID, COVID's kind of in a weird place right now with the league. Like I talked about the Bulls and Pistons um, creating that game out due to tracing, which, I mean, A-plus, a+ well done league. I think that's a fantastic decision if you have the opportunity to make that happen. Uh, but the main thing, the main thing, Matt, that I want to talk about um, is how COVID has been affecting players this year. Because I mean, Jason Tatum came out, and he's only recently come back from his COVID diagnosis, and um, he's been saying that it's been affecting his conditioning, like his ability to breathe. Like he's been wanting to sit out more later in games because he just doesn't have that. And it's just crazy how different all of these players have had with this experience with COVID. Man, that's kind of what has allowed uh, some people to believe that it's not real. Is because people react so differently to the virus. They're like, oh, it's not a set, set of symptoms. Well, it's not like that with most viruses anyways. So it's definitely dependent on the person and de- definitely dependent on your body type. And they talked about potentially having long-term ramifications. And if this is a, something that's going to affect Jason Tatum for the rest of his career, I'm going to just be one to, to say it right now that I'm kind of pissed man because he's a great player and yeah if he's not going to be able to do what he does just sad it it just goes to show you um how little we know about this thing a year in and how how crazy it is you know we have all these different variants coming out throughout the world because yeah it mutates it becomes different things and you know there's there's people who still haven't had their smell or taste back um, you know, you think about Carl Anthony Towns, who I guess we blessed far too hard last week, but he he went through his tough COVID experience and now he's relatively fine, but he still goes through the mental battle of the way his family was affected about it, the lives that he's lost, how, you know, if he's playing in a game and all of a sudden someone gets taken out because of contract tracing for COVID, he's, there's no way he's playing to his peak potential because he's freaking out because he has no idea if COVID's in the building and if everybody in here is compromised, right? Like, it is wild times and there is a lot going on and the mental health of these players, as much as they're millionaires, does have to be considered. Definitely, man. It has to be considered because like you like you said, man, he's lost family members to COVID and he's got to be nervous. He's got to be nervous about what the virus has done to his immune system, to his friends. And like I, I feel for the guy. I mean, coming into a game every night where you could potentially be exposed that's courage, man. And I know we all say like, well, they're getting paid millions of dollars, but still courage. Right. I feel like I get a little bit of courage when I go out on the ski hill in public with all people with masks up trying to not get COVID. But uh, I teach my young nine-year-old, eight-year-old athletes to be extra safe and we use hand sanitizer all the time. So it's fine. But yeah, COVID, it's wild. It's real. It's legit. It's running rampage in the NHL. It's coming back to the NBA. I don't know, Matt. Hopefully we I can just, just can't keep believe it out. I can't believe here we are still. Man, hopefully we can just keep it out. But yeah, you know, almost a full year later and it's still basically the same. <laughs> I'll touch on the fact that there's like a campaign going on for the players to like advocate for getting the vaccine and there's been some pushback, which respectfully so. I don't want to go into it because of other reasons, but uh it is what it is, but let's move past COVID into the other sad thing of the week before we can move into the positivities, those injuries, Matt a bunch this week and they're all actually really interesting four to six weeks for a lot of these players mitchell robinson fractured his hand um the knicks have been doing great he's gonna be a big loss for them yeah you're right there 
But, uh, I mean, Nick's going to be Nick's, so who knows with that organization. Yeah, man. I mean, they're sixth right now, so there's, they've surprised me. They're 14 and 16. Uh, Julius Randle, though. It's your boy. Yeah, your boy buddy. Julius Randle. Playing like an all-star. But, again, you're right, man. Mitchell Robinson's a good complimentary piece to that roster, and four to six weeks is going to be a long time for this season. That is for sure. Um, you mentioned that Julius Randle, the only player who is a zero-time All-Star playing like an All-Star right now in the league. Just wanted to bring that up because I know he's your boy. Yeah, man. He's got to get in. I, I'm, I'm voting for him. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, so now the most important injury of the week, I guess, is AD in that. Originally thought of as Achilles has turned into a calf strain. He's going to be out for four to six weeks. Rumors say maybe more. This is a big deal for the Lakers. Massive deal for the Lakers. And big deal for LeBron James and his his load management throughout the season. I mean, he was putting in heavy workload now, probably thinking, you know, AD will get his footing back. AD will start picking it up through midseason, towards the end of the season, and I can start to relax towards the playoffs. It's not going to be the case, man. He's going to have to keep it pedal to the metal if they want to keep that high seed that they've got. I mean, I think more importantly for them, it'll be AD being healthy and LeBron being ready. So they may slip, you know. They may let this Jazz team continue being on top of the league. Clippers may sneak in at second. And, I don't know, Nuggets may figure it out. Warriors under Steph Curry. There's a lot going on in the league. Oh, yeah. Again, everyone forgetting about Portland. Me. And not initially thinking about them, but Damian Lillard, what a stud. We're going to come back to him later today. But, Matt, I said the comment to you earlier, and I really like it, and I like what I said earlier. The The West goes through Anthony Davis's right leg right now, mm-hmm. in all honesty. <laughs> 100%. If it's healthy, man, Lakers are the favorites. If it's not, it's wide open field. Exactly. So I'll mention that D'Angelo Russell, he's got a knee thing. He'll be out four to six weeks. He's been I mean, fragile, eh, his whole career. That poor guy can't seem to keep it healthy. He put that one season together in Brooklyn, but since then, and even before then. Well, and this is why people were worried when they were going to bring D'Angelo to play with Cat. Like, as much as they're great friends, they're both super injury-prone. And we've I think there's been maybe four to six games that they've played together this season where they haven't been injured, and that trend is going to continue, so... Timberwolves get a Timberwolves. Not that I want to say anything against them because we do have a game against them this week. Yeah, and we lost the last time we played them, man. Brutal. Ah, brutal, but we'll get to that. So the only other injury, Cole Anthony, one of my favorites from the draft. He's got a fractured rib. Poor guy. He's going to be out till at least after the All-Star break. That's life for the Magic, though. Injuries galore and being a okay organization and okay team, unfortunately. Man, it's because they've got the center position all figured out with uh, Vujovic. But they're looking to trade Mo Bamba, potentially. The Lakers are after him. Um, They're going to need some guard help because you're right, man. Another injury to a promising guard. First it was Markel Fultz. Now it's Cole Anthony. That's got to hurt for a franchise that's just looking to, to make the playoffs and get some wins. They really are, honestly. That's definitely a fact. So, Matt, this all-star break, it's coming up. The all-star teams, the starters, they're getting announced in like an hour and a half from now. It's classic for us, you know. We always have this podcast recording, and then something big happens like two hours after we're done. Well, it's going to be the all-star teams. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I'm I'm glad that they're doing it. It sounds like it's going to be a good event. 
um, you were telling me that they're going to be making some donations. Yeah, so the NBA has pledged $2.5 million to um, historically black um, colleges and universities. Uh, I think it's a great play. The They've said that they're going to come out uh, during the event and trying to promote information about COVID, information about black colleges. Um, you know, awesome. I'm still interested to see. Yeah, that's fantastic. I'm still interested to see how the players are going to be getting into it because, you know, man, I was watching First Take and I was watching Max Kellerman make a comment about how, like, it's a TV show right now. That's what the NBA is, right? It's entertainment at its best. And the All-Star, the All-Star game and the All-Star weekend was always for the fans. And right now... Yeah, the fans can't be in the building, but the fans are online. And as much as ratings and viewership has gone down, I'll be honest, Matt, I still think part of that is because of the access you can get to this without actually having to be a statistical number that the NBA can calculate you for. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. I get that. So I still want the weekend to happen because I hope that it'll be a show. It'll be a a happy spark. I hope that the the NBA is taking it serious. They say they're going to have a mini bubble. They're going to do it right. Players are going to get flown in and flown out. As little interaction as possible. I said it last week, though, Matt. If there's any type of COVID outbreak, this is disastrous for Silver. Definitely disastrous for Silver. But, hey, man, hopefully it goes smooth. You know, we mentioned it last week that he's the best commissioner in sports. And I'm sure he'll he'll have it locked down tight. Got those protocols in place. And he's going to make it all right. So, exactly so we'll be excited to talk about these teams the starters right now i'm pretty sure it's lebron and kevin durant as the top names going to be the the choosing teams in that classic uh pickup game of basketball where uh, you never want to be the last man picked but matt last week's games oh my what a week of basketball dude thursday to thursday we were blessed with a spectacular game every week, and I don't even have to draw from the Raptors games, which just makes it even better, man. It was wild. Do you want to start with that Thursday game between Portland and Philly, man? Well, first I have to make a comment because you're like, I don't have to draw from the Raptors games, bro. We did not have any great games this week, but yes. (laughs) Okay, okay, yeah, but we'll, we'll talk about that one later, I guess. But yeah, Thursday, that game, oh my gosh, dude. Talk to me about it. It was... A banger for sure. Dude, Dame Lillard and Cole uh, Carmelo Anthony, man, combining for 54 points on 8 of 16 from shooting. There's something that's kind of a theme throughout the games of the week this week where the three-point shooting teams, the more efficient ones, they win, man. It's a three-league, man. Um, unfortunately, Simmons and Embiid, who did combine for 58 points and 20 rebounds, they only shot one of two from the three, and... They couldn't get the points. They couldn't get the win. That's going to bite them. I'm honestly a big fan of how Carmelo has fit into this organization and found his role after kind of fumbling around the league for a few years, you know? Yeah, man. Especially after having like a 15-year Hall of Fame career to bumble around for a couple years and then come back. And um, he looks great in Portland. He looks like he fits in. He's looking like he's playing like an all-star almost. So it's nice to see that again. I was going to be really sad if, you know, Melo finished out his career not getting to play in the league, you know, and having the sad end to he did getting traded around. Because if you're willing, as an older player who was a generational, excuse me, star or talent, you can find a role in a team and you can still be good. And he's carved out a good place for him in Portland. And 
I know Dame Lillard really appreciates when he puts up nights like that. <laughs> yeah, man, because Dame needs the help right now with CJ on the on the injured reserve list. So uh, it's glad, good to see him getting it because I think you know Portland's looking scary, man. Dame Dollar's looking like an MVP candidate in my opinion. So. He definitely deserves to be in that conversation with what he has done, especially with CJ down. Portland has looked strong. I was a big fan of that team. I think I had them coming in fifth or sixth when we were talking the beginning of this season. I hope they can continue their trend upward because I like that team. And Matt, we talked about it. Dame Lillard in the playoffs? Come on. Who doesn't want to see that? Dude, he did it last night, which we'll get to on the Wednesday game of the week. Because right now it's fr- it's Friday's game of the week, and we got Zion versus Luca. We've got I. It's wild to say because he might have been the most hyped prospect coming into the NBA, but is Zion underrated this season? Man, they're doing it on purpose. They're trying not to like overhype the Pelicans, get them in the playoffs, yada yada yada. The man went fourteen for fifteen. On 8 of 11, his one shot he missed was a three-pointer. 36 points, two assists, four rebounds. I'm sorry. I talk about how Joel Embiid is the most dominant player in the NBA. That's going to change in a few years when Zion figures it out because he is unstoppable. Dude, he's dunking more than prime Shaq dunked. Just <laughs> think about that. Shaquille O'Neal was 7'2" and was a physical specimen. Zion is 6'6", and he's dunking just as much as Shaquille O'Neal. What? Yeah, Zion, who will be brought up again when we get to another game this late, has been having a wild season. The Pelicans, though their record hasn't shown it, I think you're right, Matt. I think they're going to show up into the playoffs. They're going to have a good season. But dude, Zion took the L that night because Luka dropped 46-12-8 on 17 for 30. 7-9 7-9 and nine and 5 for 8. Like, that's what he has to do right now for that organization. The Mavs are in a weird place, but man, you got Luka Doncic. How can you be upset, even if things aren't going great? Man, exactly like you said, Luka Doncic. And the 5 of 8 from 3, no one else really helped him out. Chris Stapps Porzingis with the 36 points on 8 of 13 from 3. Man, I'm telling you, it's a theme this week. The 3-point league, and it's just coming down to that. Honestly, three pointers. We live in that age. It's definitely, it's definitely a beautiful time. I enjoy the three point shot. I mean, we as the Raptors maybe shouldn't because we leave a lot of open three point shots, so we might get torched by some of these teams. But Matt, do we want to move on to the next day? Brooklyn GS Durant's return. Yeah, man, it's his first game back since leaving them in the after that finals after the Achilles injury. They got. They got the dub, so, I mean, Steph Curry can't do much with just Kelly Oubre Jr. and Andrew Wiggins. I just feel bad for the guy. It's it's hard, but Matt, we're going to come to a different game to talk about this team, but I got to ask you, is Kevin Durant still the most important piece of that team when he's healthy? Okay, best player on the team, most important player that's going to make them win a championship? Yes, 100%. They need Kevin Durant because Harden and Kyrie are not going to do it, the two of them. The most important player to make it all work is James Harden because exactly James Harden functions as the glue guy. He functions with the three of them. He can be a, he doesn't need a glue guy between him and KD, but they need a glue guy to get Kyrie in. 
And so he's the important player there. Perfect. I had to ask you because it's been like the topic of debate right now, Matt. And I feel like each one of those three stars have their own reason of why they could or are the most important reason as that three-headed snake. But man, Kevin Durant, what a beautiful player. What a monster. And he ain't going to lose against Golden State. That's just his mentality, you know? No, man. And I'm pretty sure all of them dropped close to 20 points. I think James Harden had like 19, but he basically had a triple-double. So he, he had 19, 16, and 8. So, exactly. 16 assists, I think that's uh, pretty insane. Yeah. So, we'll just leave it at that. Golden State, again, like I said, uh, they're not going to be able to win without uh, Clay Thompson. Ubre and Wiggins are good, just not good enough. Curry having a fantastic season, though, and deservingly should be, considering the way the three-pointers are happening in this league. But, Matt... You want to talk about Sunday? You want to talk about that Lakers game and where this AD injury all started? Man, and he was looking good, too. 14 minutes, and he had 15 points, four rebounds. He was looking good, and just something something went. And uh, unfortunately, LeBron couldn't do it by himself. He had still a pretty good game at 22-10-9. Again, 0 for 5 on the three-pointers. And Can, uh, I, can no I say shout-out to Kyle Kuzma, 8 of 12 on the night? 19 points, trying to help LeBron out, but just couldn't do it. Man, Kuzma's, Kuzma has games here and there. He's just not a caliber of player that AD or LeBron, and he'll never be that caliber of player. He's not even a caliber of player of Jamal Murray, who, Oof. again, fantastic game, 25-6-4, to help the Joker on his triple-double night. Man, I don't even know how many triple... He's He's got so many triple-doubles this season. He's definitely fallen out in the MVP standings, but Just the little. man is still a monster. He's still the best passing big in the league. And, Matt, I'm crazy, and I might build a team... Like, if I'm building a team in the modern age, I might pick Jokic as my starter just for the fact that having a center like him is unmatchable unless you're getting Joel Embiid. You know what I mean? But that's for a completely different reason. Yeah, man. I, they're completely different players. You've got the old-school heavy back-to-the-basket center, and then you've got Jokic, who's just this wizard with the ball in his hands, passing, rebounding, scoring. He can do it all, and it almost doesn't even look like he's trying sometimes, so it's Man, his, pretty wild. His IQ, his IQ is through the roof, and that's why it looks so easy for him, because he just he always knows the team around him, where they're going to be, what they're playing, and he's got such a good feel with the ball in his hands, which is so hard for a center. Like, uh, I saw an interesting trade, Matt, um, to get Bradley Beal to join this team. Like, you'll lose uh, Michael Porter Jr., you'll lose Gary Harris, you'll lose something else in a pick, but putting Beal with Jokic? And oh, Murray? Man. Yeah! That'd that could off- put them through the roof. Offensive right? juggernaut, man. They'd be... I'd be hard-pressed to say that they wouldn't be just as good as uh, KD, Harden, and Kyrie. That's it, right? And with people talking about this AD injury that happened in this game, like, you know, these teams that are this close, the Clippers, the the Nuggets, the Jazz even, like, if they make that decision, they make that right play to get something that pushes them over the top, it could be the right time to push through the West because, honestly, nine times out of ten, unless Brooklyn is absolutely on or Milwaukee figures it out or the Raptors become unreal good somehow. Like I think the West is winning the championship this year. Yeah. I think it's, it's lying in the West, man, that uh, those teams are just way deeper than they are in the East. Talk about a West team that is just killing it right now. 
Utah beat Philly, man, on Ben Simmons' career night. You know, he doesn't play well with Embiid in the lineup and dominates with him out of the lineup. 42-9-12 on 15 of 26 shooting. I mean, he did get some help from Tobias Harris here, who uh, dropped in 36 points. But, Mm -hmm. again, three-league, man, three-league. Jordan Clarkson with just, like, literally 40 points. Like, I think he had one assist, no rebounds. Eight of 13 on threes, man. Wild. Yeah, Clarkson has really settled in nicely to this Jazz team. Matt, they're 20 of 21 in their last games. Like, they're getting W's left and right. They're sitting atop of the league. I watched the second half of their game yesterday against the Clippers. Now, no Kawhi, no PG. But still, like, they were close through three quarters, and then something happened in the fourth. The ball rotation was so smooth. They were knocking down shots. They're a beautiful team to watch right now. And all credit to Quinn Snyder. He's going to get to be the all-star coach for the West. So I'm really happy that they were listening to us last week. Uh, (laughs) But, uh... Man, it's crazy that Ben Simmons, of all people, can put up 42 points and have an absolute career night and still lose to this Jazz team. Like, I love it. Man, and that's not even the most wild game of the week. (laughs) Because James Harden, without Kyrie, without KD, being down 75-54 at half, and being down 28 points in the third quarter at one point, dragged them all the way back. For a comeback win, and he's just a monster, dude. An absolute that, that monster. Suns, that Suns team was on a six, I think it was six game win streak at that point. Like all the confidence with the lead that they had, but James Harden just gonna James Harden. Like, oh man, he's such a beautiful player when he's happy, in the right place, and enjoying what he does. And that step back, like. You know it's coming, but you can't stop it. Like, it's not fair, Matt. It's a cheat code. It's a literal cheat code. Cannot stop it, and especially when he kicks out his legs, then you can't even try to defend it because you're just going to foul him. It's a very intricate part of the game that he's mastered and has just turned himself into one of the most elite scorers of all time because he can do that play. Just set such a high level, man. Such a high level. Honestly, I love that this is the conversation because Tuesday and Wednesday had some really good games. There was the Jaw Zion game where they both put up almost 30 points and Zion actually got a W. But how can you not talk about James Harden when he does these things? I mean, as much as I don't want Brooklyn to be great because how can I root for any other Eastern Conference team that isn't the Toronto Raptors? Because that just means that we're in a harder place. Like when this team comes together and the fact that all three of them can have their own shining moments to have nights like this. Of course, they're one of the scariest teams in the East. Yeah, man. I mean, and again, like you said, it's a night where we're not even talking about Nikola Jokic dropping 43 points and a loss to Boston. It's It was a crazy, crazy week in the NBA. And uh, I'm just glad that we got to watch it, man, because, hey, that's why I'm a sports fan. I want to see these crazy weeks. And it did end off with a banger of two guys who are probably underrated in the MVP conversation but definitely should be in there. Zion and Dame going at it last night. Dame hit him with the winner. Talk to me about it. Man, I gotta start with the winner. I know it's the end of the game, but Damian Lillard, just like no fear, no cares in the world, just runs right at them, leaning, hits the the go-ahead three. Like He's so good. He's so good, Matt. 
And the fact that Zion's going to be playing the way he is, like, I, we could have talked about all of the Pelicans games this week and what Zion has been doing. But it's unfortunate that he takes L's against some of these players that are going to one-up him because, like, I mean, you're going to expect Damian Lillard to put up that many points, but to do it consistently the way he has this season has been fantastic to watch as a fan. Man, his last eight games, he's averaging like 32 points a game, and he's just been ridiculous. But it's wild because in his last seven games, Zion Williamson, that is, has averaged 30 on 70% shooting. The guy's an animal. And and Matt, I was saying like seventy percent shooting, and he's shooting like sixteen shots. Like shoot twenty four, shoot twenty five. Like you're so good. Like just do it. I know. Like they have a lot of young pieces on that team. They're trying to work it all together, and you know, making sure that they're ready for the playoffs. But man, I want to see a sixty point Zion game. I just want to see it because he can do it if he really wants to. Pick the right team in the right situation on the right night, and just go to town, Zion. Just do it, man. Because oh. He's so good. Do you know who that right team is, man? That's Toronto Raptors. Got no, no stop. center depth to stop him. He would just fly in and dunk to 60 points. Just 30 dunks. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I'm okay with it. Do it. Zion, take it. Take us. Destroy us if you have to. It's fine. We'll do it for Cade. We'll do it for Cade. Fade for Cade. Because, man, one and two week this week. Oh, it's rough. Okay, okay. Okay, before I move on, Wednesday night, I do want to mention... DeMontis Sabonis, 36-point career high. Jeremy Grant, 43-point career high. Thank the NBA for allowing him to have that game against the Bulls to have it happen. That kid is a stud for the Pistons. Dude. Okay, we came to wrap a check. I just had to bring that up because Wednesday was such a crazy night. He's their only bright spot, man. He He's definitely a better player than I had ever anticipated out of him. So I'm, I'm pretty impressed with him this year. For sure. We and they're sitting Blake Griffin. Well, I have to mention, actually, I totally forgot about this. They're sitting Blake Griffin now because they have an agreement. Apparently, this is the same with Andre Drummond. So we got some weird rumblings in the league, but we'll we'll bring back that. So let's get into Raptors chat. 1-2 week. Failed against the Celtics. Bruh. That, that game. It hurts me. I don't know what it is about the Celtics because they're not actually that good this season. They've been dealing with injuries and other things, but... They have our number, man. My Mystic predictions have been more like lying liars. Ever since I changed (laughs) that name, man, to from hot takes to Mystic predictions, I've just been brutal. And my reaction to the Raptors being all pumped up last week after a 3-1 week, I feel the exact opposite. Watching that game against Boston, hearing the trade talk about Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry was our our best player in that game, our only great player. And then we lose to Minnesota? It just make me so upset. I don't even care about the win against Milwaukee and Antetokounmpo. <laughs> oh, okay, well, let's let's talk about the games a little bit because there was some interesting things. The only real thing in the Celtics is that Peyton Pritchard continues to be a stud as a rookie against us. Him and Semi Ojale hitting six for eight three-pointers each of them. Like, a season-high 23-pointers from the Celtics, like... Three-point league, Matt. Oh, my gosh. Telling you. Failed. We held Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown down, too, in that game, man. But you're right. Uh, Sammy Ojale and uh, Peyton Pritchard, they killed us from three. They were so efficient. It was wild. That game was a perfect example of when you play great defense and you say, you're going to let your you know fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth guy beat us. Unfortunately, Freddie had an off night. 
and we got beat by those rotation pieces, and uh, I definitely think that put us in a weird place. I mean, obviously, Sunday is three days later, but I don't think the Raps have ever traditionally been good on Sunday games. That T-Wolves game was painful. Like, it was back and forth. Like, man, Baines is such a liability on offense, especially in the fourth quarter. Like, Towns was just chilling, and he destroyed us in that game. Even though we fouled out with the last minute left, like, frustrating game. It's you're hundred percent right. It's the fact that we have no center depth, and when we come up against a team that's built mostly around their center, we get we get beat, man. Because Baines can't keep up as much as Chris Boucher puts in the effort. He's not strong enough. Uh, he's not thick enough to compete with the bigger centers in this league, and. You know, your boy, Anthony Edwards, you were saying that he hasn't had such a bad rookie season last week, and he, he was showing it against the Raptors, man. He took that one uh, one right to the rack and dunked on us, and uh, just felt demoralizing watching such a bad Minnesota team beat what we had high hopes for for this Raptors team, and it's just so Honestly, honestly, man, the, the final shot that would have tied the game, which was a fantastic play, like... This was Pascal's third attempt this season at getting the final bucket to tie or win. And he made a great play, the spin, the get to the outside, the drive to the basket, and the ball, man, just like, whoop, just slipped in and out. Like, great play, Pascal, doing it for Cade, like, doing the fade, like, (laughs) painful, Matt, painful. Man, I would agree. It was a great play and it was a great drive. Correct me if I'm wrong, but he's 0-3 on those attempts. It's just not his yep. No, he hasn't had it. And I mean, what do you do, though? The Raps don't really have that final shot taker. Like, Fred can take a three, but he's never really proven it. Lowry can do Lowry things, but, you know, we can't always rely on Lowry at this point. And, I mean, OG's been out, so we can't we can't rely on him for his great you, moments. You so felt exactly where I was going there, Kevin. <laughs> there it is. Because OG <laughs> is our last shot taker. Think about that Boston game from last year in the playoffs. Think about when he was a rookie against LeBron James chasing down an open three. How he pump faked him into jumping and then nailed it. That guy's got ice in his veins. I love that he came back and he didn't miss a step. It looked like he was playing that whole time. And he hit that layup. He must have been working on the layups. So I'm pumped about it, man. He normally can't even finish easy ones. Man, he continues to... Find moments to shine, to show us different things, to to really break out the versatility of his capabilities. Because we've known for years that OG can be that star, can be that stud. That's why we loved the Kawhi trade, because it could show him an example of who he could potentially become. And man, that defense, Matt, like absolutely making Giannis have a tough time. Like, as much as I want him to score more... Like, if the rest of our team is doing what they're doing and OG can play his top-tier defense, we're a good team. We're a good team. It's just a fact, right? But yeah, man. It hurts. It he's, hurts sometimes. He's a great, great defender. Speaking of, I just want to jump to Zach Levine against that Pistons game. I forgot to mention it. Josh Jackson coming at him, and he just ripped the ball away from him. If you haven't seen it, go watch oh, it. Yeah, Super no, I, I have seen it. That's a great highlight. Well, Kevin, we were the G League organization of the year this year and our kids are putting in work down there should we move on to the g league or do you want to talk about those raps 
No, 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 no. I'm happy moving on to the next bit because I have been wanting to talk about these kids. Malachi Flynn went down, I think he's had, what, six games so far? Mm-hmm. And he has looked really good. That game on Monday, 35 points, eight assists, four steals, one turnover, 13 of 19. Like, this kid is averaging 21, 6, and 5. Yeah. yeah. And I love it. I love to see it, Matt. 57% shooting above and, and one and a half steals a game, man. Harris hasn't looked too bad himself either, buddy. He's also really, I think, enjoyed having Flynn with him. The They had a, a massive alley-oop play where Harris just slammed it down in that game, and it's been gorgeous to see. And I was, I was, I was looking through the Raptors forums and thinking about some thoughts about how good this has been for Flynn because he, he got to play. He had that really good preseason game, right? And then had a couple of moments, got to ride the bench a lot, didn't get a ton of minutes. Had a had a, like a really good career high night, and then followed up with like six points in twelve minutes, and you know that can be demoralizing on the one hand, but I think he's taken it the right way. I think he learned a lot from Freddie and from from Lowry, and now he's gone down to the G League and he's gone. Okay, I've seen what players have done before me. It's my time. And Matt, the first step to being an NBA rotation player is to dominate in the G League. And six games in, I'm pretty happy. I'm very happy with what he's doing. I hope it continues, man. I hope he continues to grow. And I agree, man. I really liked what they did did with him this season. I mean, it's a bit of a weird one with COVID and the G League starting up a little bit later, which afforded him the opportunity to sit on our bench and learn from a guy like Freddie, a guy like Lowry. Um, I mean, he did miss Summer League, though, because of the whole COVID thing. But, yeah, I mean, if he can go down and dominate and prove to, prove to us and prove to himself that he belongs in the NBA on a – rotation basis because i don't want to pick a player just to have him sit on the bench in the nba that's not that's not development that's not how you get a good player so yeah i'm all for it he looks good jalen harris looks good hopefully they can keep it going and maybe we've got like a little freddie norm action happening down there i mean that's it right that's why we were the organization of the year we've had players go through the g league we've had stars now on our team that have come from developmental years and i i only hope the best for malachi because he really has turned my feelings towards him around and watching him and harris play together because Mal- i went and watched the highlights and now i've really got to watch a game because they're playing really well i also want to say shout out to henry eldson he's like a power forward center for us who has been playing great yeah who knows maybe it could be a little something anyways i I have some hope for the center position for us right (laughs) we need something man because it's pretty bleak but hey like you said two players that have dominated uh in the g league and are now featuring on our roster chris boucher who's a g league mvp and pascal siakam both g league mvps so gotta love it matt we've got some games this week right five games one of them happening in uh, about an hour's time a rematch against the bucks this one could be really tough i think they're going to come back with a vengeance considering that we just beat them and they're on a four game losing streak and i don't think they want to continue that kyle potentially could be out still too with the thumb injury so that's not good can i also just say kyle the only active player in the nba to rank in the top three of current teams all times points rebounds and assists like He's the Raptors' grow. Oh. Please don't trade him for Andre Drummond. Please No, don't. please don't. We didn't talk about it. Those rumors heated up, but we do not want him on this team. He's not going to help us win, and if we have to trade Kyle to get him, that's just redundant. Don't. Man, every every trade I see proposed online, I'm like, why? Like, 
there was a trade mat where it involved Philly and we were going to get Matisse Thibel back. And you know I love me some Matisse Thibel. And I still was like, no. Why? I don't want this trade. No. Stop it. Not Lowry. Not Lowry. Yeah. Okay, okay. Friday, we got our rematch against the T-Wolves. I don't want to say anything about it. Hopefully it's a fun game. Uh, moving on. Sunday and Tuesday, we've got games against the 76ers. The real test, Matt. It's going to be a big game. Hopefully the boys are healthy and ready for them. Philly's a good team. Good team right now. Very good team, man. Um, hopefully we close it out strong against the Heat on Wednesday. I did want to say that if we could get Ben Simmons for Pascal Siakam, which I read in a Bleacher Report article, which sometimes these guys pull stuff out of their butts, but this <laughs> one was, it sounded pretty le- legit. It sounded logical. He was saying that Simmons definitely doesn't work next to Embiid. It's evident. You yep. need more of a score, somebody who could play more of a perimeter game. That's what you get in Pascal Siakam. And I'm pretty sure they're countrymen between Joel Embiid and Pascal Siakam. Yeah, they are. Which would just be dope for them. And I would prefer to build around Ben Simmons as opposed to Pascal Siakam. Three years younger, he's probably the better player. What do you think? Matt, you know what I've never thought about? Ben Simmons and OG Ananobi together. Like... Think of think about the NBA right now and it's you know positionless basis. If you want to name two guys in the in the league that could arguably defend any single player on the court, the first two names that are not like the all-time superstars, you know, LeBron could defend anybody, you know. Uh, KD I guess could LeBron, defend anybody, but OG Ananobi and Ben Simmons in my opinion are the two guys I would want to defend any single player in the NBA. Yeah. So yeah, you got you got me kind of thinking about Ben Simmons. I do like him. Ben Sim- Simmons at six eleven, man. He's a big boy. He's almost as big as centers. We might not even need to get a center if we have him rotate with Chris Boucher. I loved the idea. I would do it in a heartbeat. I just don't. He think would have. Does it. No, they wouldn't do it. But he would have such a good time in our offense, in our rotation, in the way that Nurse plays, and it would oh the versatility, Matt. Gosh, why do you keep why do you keep coming up with good ideas to get rid of Pascal Siakam? And then you make me want it because you know I love Pascal. Dude, I think Pascal Siakam's a good player. I think he developed himself into an all-star. I just he's a little bit old for me in terms of where he's at in his development curve. And I don't see him getting to that upper echelon level. Whereas a guy like OG, I can see getting there. I I definitely see Ben Simmons in there. And so if I can get a guy like that, I mean, I'm doing it every day of the week, anytime. Okay, okay, okay. Quick tangent before we wrap this thing up. Matt, has Fred Van Vliet played up to his contract this season? Yes, I think so. He's been inconsistent, but that 54-point game, he's had, like I think, at least six or seven games where he's dropped 30 points. Yeah, he's definitely lived up to the contract. Good, good. I'm glad we're on the same page. I don't think that 54-point game happens without that contract, without the confidence of the organization behind him, because that contract signals that he's the point guard of the future, that when Kyle's ready to step aside, that he's going to be there to be the main leader, and he's proven that he's capable. And I had to ask that question, because I think it's a really valid thing to ask when you're this far into the season on such an important contract for a team. 
definitely he's the most important contract on our team that we signed this offseason. But man, hopefully we can figure it out or fade for Kane. I don't know. <laughs> we did we did say that after two weeks we were gonna really make our decision. We're one weekend and we uh, I think are a little closer to the fade for Cade than we were last week. But I think that's what happens when you take some hard L's. But five <laughs> games coming up, Matt. Five games. It'll be big. Our record is going to be very different than what it was, depending on how we play. So big week coming up for the boys. Definitely, man. You want to do your mystic prediction first or what? I'm down because, you know, an ex-Raptor, my guy DeRozan. So I'm predicting this guy's going to be an all-star. I've been voting for him. I know that Spur- the Spurs fan base came into the Raptors subreddit and was like, hey guys, can you guys support us out? Because DeMar has been playing like an absolute stud and deserves to be an all-star. And like 60% of the people that responded were like, oh, I've already been voting for DeMar. So <laughs> I'm going to call it. He's going to be an all-star. He's looking fantastic in San Antonio. Love me some DeRozan. Man, I would love to see it. I love me some DeRozan too. And he definitely deserves it with his play this season. My mystic prediction is going to be a little bit of a longer one. I'm going to say Zion is going to drag the Pelicans into the playoffs and himself into that MVP conversation. By the end of the year, he will be a top five MVP candidate. Mark it. So he's going to be he's going to be like the Luca of last year of yes. the conversation then, yeah? Yes. Ah, beautiful, beautiful. I love it. Well, I hope it. He looks like a stud. I was saying, Matt, that's, just go for 60. Just do it, Zion. You want to be in the conversation? Drop 60. You know what? Drop 70. Just go crazy, dude. He has the potential, Zion. Exactly. Anything else, my guy? Nah, man, you can wrap us out. Beautiful. Well, thanks everybody for being here. You can check out more from us at theboardsports.net. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at theboardsports. This podcast is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Follow us for new episodes of blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time.